Pop Culture Affidavit Episode 17, Return to the Valley of the Geeks. Welcome to episode 17 of Pop Culture Affidavit, a podcast that covers everything random in the world of popular culture. I'm your host, Tom Panneries, and believe it or not, this podcast is just about one year old. I may be off by a week or two, to be honest, but last year I started this podcast with an episode that introduced myself and covered the, ba- the Baltimore Comic Con, and the bulk of this episode is actually going to be my coverage of the 2013 Baltimore Comic Con. Well, that and some other stuff uh, about the last few months. But uh, before I get into any of that, I actually have something I haven't done in a few episodes, and that is I have an email. This particular email comes from Chris Keith. He says, Greetings, Tom. I meant to write for Say Anything, but after rewatching and listening to your show, my comments would basically be... Yeah, what Tom said. Excellent show. Admittedly, I've only seen Say Anything three or four times, which is a stark contrast to Singles, so my attachment to the movie is a bit limited. Now, Singles, I loved Singles. Not sure why, as at the time that I saw it, I still wasn't into grunge music. I really didn't get into Nirvana until about 1998 or 99, which sounds weird now that I think about it. Anyway, I have a bit more to say about this film, and it looks like I'll have another email out this week. As I'm typing this email, I see that I'm downloading your Savage Steve episode. Ah, yes. On to my singles points. One, Steve. Okay, I didn't know until about three years ago that he is George C. Scott's son. <laughs> Thank you for playing the drunk dial. It's possibly my second favorite part of the movie, the first being the reading of the Citizen Dick Review. <laughs> yeah, Campbell is just a bit too old, but his character totally works for this film. Two, Linda. I just don't like Kira Sedgwick. I don't know what it is about her, but I just don't like her. I have no problem with the casting of Campbell Scott, but I think that she was a misfire. It was funny, however, to see her with Sensitive Ponytail Guy, and it's nice to see that he survived that sucking chest wound from when he traveled around robbing banks with Bodhi. (laughs) Three, Janet. It's funny... I really like her in this movie, and to be honest, I had forgotten that she was cute in it and not annoying. Annoying came later, in Jackie Brown, when she needed to be shot in the parking lot and left for dead. In this movie, however, she's cute. She reminds me of that girl in high school who pined over a guy who had little to no interest. That girl never ended up with that guy in the long run, so I always assumed that she would eventually move past Cliff. You know, once his whole band left him and let the drummer sing instead of Cliff. Four, Xavier McDaniel. Yeah, funniest line of the film. I'm sitting here in my office listening to it and laughing out loud and people just walk by thinking that I'm a little off or that I have Tourette's. As an enjoyable ride through 90s uh, lane and I finally got my wife to watch the whole thing. The only downside, 
Wandering about around town, I feel that I should have Paul Westerberg theme music. I'm humming and singing Dyslexic Heart everywhere I drive this week. Thanks for an enjoyable show as always. Chris Keith. And I don't have much to add to this, to be honest with you. Uh, I really enjoyed putting that episode together. It's because I really love singles. I love the movie. And like I said, I think it's very underrated. Probably because it wasn't as successful as you might think it might have been. Being that it really did capture the feel of grunge, as it was called, in a way that because of the circumstances surrounding this production... Well, it actually was genuine... But like you know, the the production having the film having sat in the can and all that, it would just it it was Warner Brothers just mishandling the film. And you're not the only person who had some good thing, things to say about the movie, which is cool because much like the Savage Steve Holland movies that I talked about with Mike Bailey a couple episodes ago, I love it when I can find a common thread with people about the most random of movies. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love talking about the classics with people, which is very much why I enjoy listening to Star Wars Monthly Monday, for instance, on a regular basis. But when you've got movies like Singles or Better Off Dead, or people respond to that, there's something pretty cool about it. And speaking of which, um, I mentioned uh, on my blog, I mentioned the Forgotten Filmcast, uh, which is a podcast that, uh, and, and blog, and the blog had shared something about, I believe, uh, how I got into college. It was, it was my show notes for the Savage Steve Holland episodes. And since then, I've actually listened to a few episodes of the show, and I've really enjoyed it. In fact, I highly recommend the episode that covers the Jennifer Connelly movie, Career Opportunities, which is a movie that is wildly uneven, and but still one that I really enjoy because, well, let's just say that Jennifer Connelly wears a tank top through much of the movie, and, well, it's Jennifer Connelly in a white tank top in 1990-91. And the episode, however, is great, and you should check out the Forgot- Forgotten Film cast um, and take a look at that. So, on to me. Uh, what have I been up to this summer? Uh, last year, I went through several movies all in a row because... I wanted to see The Avengers, but I hadn't seen all the Marvel movies, and so I saw, like, Thor and Hulk and Captain America and what have you. Um, And there were two Marvel movies out this summer, uh, but I I saw neither Iron Man 3 nor uh, The Wolverine. I do plan on seeing both of them at some point, uh, so I might have an opinion on them later on. But the one movie I wanted to see that I was incredibly hyped for was Man of Steel, and I really enjoyed that movie. I know there was quite an argument over whether or not it was any good, or if it was you know a true Superman movie, or whatever fans were pissed about. But walking out of the theater, uh, you know, I saw it opening day, I saw it on Friday at a matinee show, and I walked out of the theater, and I have to say that uh, if I have any criticisms of it, they were nitpicky. Uh, in fact, I wrote about this back in June on, over on the blog, because this is one of those movies that made me realize, you know, you like what you like, and it's okay if you like something that other people don't, which I always knew, to be honest, but there are times when the internet just, it'll drive you nuts, and it'll drive you nuts when it comes to a discussion about liking or not liking things, and then again, the internet is crazy when it comes to discussion about anything, but I think it's because, you know, I turned 36 back in June, and I'm too old to really care about what like people like or don't like. Or at least get all emotional about you know me not liking somebody something somebody likes or whatever. 
I mean, yeah, I give my students who love the Phantom Menace shit for liking the Phantom Menace because it's fun to give people shit for liking the Phantom Menace. But I mean, but that's a movie that I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I don't hate, but I don't think it holds up very well. Fourteen years later or so, but when I'm giving them shit about it, it's good natured ribbing. Uh, and not this sort of idea of that you're a lesser person because you like something or don't like something or whatever. Uh, because I don't know. It's like every few years I reach this sort of state of geek zen, <laughs> and it happened with music years ago. I mean, um, thinking back to high school, and I know I'm again I'm 36. I should you know high school was 20 years ago, but still. Um, I remember catching a lot of crap for either not owning certain albums or I didn't have every release by every single or whatever by a certain band or I didn't know every little detail about the band, maybe not every song, every lyric or every member or whatever. And it was because I had these friends, in quotes, uh, who were kind of those insecure types who just loved to lord their knowledge and dedication to whatever crap metal band they were listening to over just about everyone else. And I was the easy target because I didn't, take the time to download the tutorial on Megadeth or something. And uh, besides, I was listening to Queen and Billy Joel and Springsteen and things that people in the early 90s weren't necessarily listening to. Uh, And then I go to college and... I don't know, a lot of it was like, well, who gives a shit, you know, I mean, and that was that was kind of my first moment, and then I've reached a point of engagement with, with a lot of the sort of movies and comics and things, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a latecomer to social media when it comes to comics and movies, I mean, there were times way in the past where I was on message boards and blogs, but when you're on the internet and you're, you're with people you don't really know, it's hard not not get into games of one-upsmanship and what what have you. You know, there there seems to be always one person who's out there to prove how much of a completist he is when he comes to whatever we're talking about. Like, they know everything. And, you know, I'm at the point where I'm just pretty happy that I've reached the point where it doesn't matter. Or I haven't been on top of everything and I can just enjoy what I like, you know. Um, like I said last year... I saw Thor a couple of years after its release. I saw X-Men First Class a couple of years after release. Still enjoyed the movie, even though I didn't see it in the theater. Um, I actually was talking to a student today. I've never read a Harry Potter book nor seen a Harry Potter movie. The books came out when I started college. I never got into them. I don't hate them. I don't like them. I just never... It was never on my radar. And... Uh, I honestly don't care. You know, if I ever want to pick them up and if I'm ever curious about it, I will. It's just not, I just kind of look at it. I'm like, looks like it might be fun, but it's just not something that, you know, I'm really into. Uh, on the other hand, though, I've read The Lord of the Rings and really enjoyed it. I've read The Hunger Games and really enjoyed that. So, you know, again, you can't follow everything. <laughs> and after a while, you burn yourself out trying to doing so, and it just becomes a chore. And in all honesty, it just comes from age. It comes from not being able to get to the movies as often. And it comes from not liking a lot of what I've seen coming out. You know, I spent the summer uh, reading comics. I was spending the summer reading books. um, Books that had nothing to do with comics in some cases. I read Marvel Comics, The Untold Story, which Scott Gardner sent my way. And thank you, Scott. It was an excellent, excellent book. Uh, I read It's Superman by Tom DeHaven, which uh, I'd heard recommended over and over by several people, most notably Michael Bailey, and I picked up a paperback copy of it 
when I went to see Man of Steel, I happened to be by Barnes and Noble, and I picked it up, and I was like, this was really good. And I just read uh, things for work and things just that are completely out of the geek spectrum because I just do that. And comics-wise, I actually... I've been dropping new 52 books. I, I, I haven't been enjoying them. I mean, I just dropped Nightwing. <laughs> and I've been, I've been a, I have a podcast about Robin and Nightwing, and I just dropped Nightwing. I'm about to drop Batwoman. There's more on that later. And I'm not much of a Marvel reader, though, although I, I asked for some recommendations. A couple of people recommended uh, the new FF series, which I may check out. I'm not a huge Fantastic Four person. And a couple of more than a couple of people recommended Hawkeye, and I happened to uh, back in oh, it was earlier this year. I was one of those people who got the sort of special offer from Marvel with the Marvel app, where you could download like a buttload of number ones, and uh, I got sixty of them, and among them was Hawkeye number one. So I re- I've read that and. Really enjoyed it, so I'm going to read a couple more digitally, and if I really enjoy it, I'm going to put it on my pull list. Uh, I realize I could just download them and, and read them digitally and so forth, but I, I do like the idea of getting the paper copy and also doing it through my local comic stores to support them. But yeah, my pull list right now, if you're talking about DC and Marvel, is no Marvel books and only five DC books. Uh, Earth 2, Batwoman, World's Finest, Little Gotham, and Wonder Woman. And like I said, I'm about to drop Batwoman, and I may only hang on to Earth 2 for a little while longer, uh, because I want to see how the current storyline plays out, and I want to see if they go, if they start to pick up the pace. I mean, I like the title, but it's just moving incredibly slow. And, uh, and, and and it's just getting kind of tedious. It's like you know, it, think it, it's truly Robinson's truly writing for the trade, and I know Robinson I think is leading the book anyway. But it, it's but it's getting to the point where it's just like, can something happen already? You know, like we've been almost two years into the, the year and a half into this, and I'm just like I'm waiting for something. Uh, what can I recommend? Um, the new Star Wars series from Dark Horse. The Brian Wood one is really fun. Um, I'm still enjoying the horror comic, uh, The Strain. The second series, The Strain, The Fall is out. Uh, that's also a Dark Horse series. Uh, Brian Wood has a mini series that's just wrapping up called Mara, which was actually pretty good. I'm trying to think of what else I've been getting. I know I'm picking up some image stuff that's starting up soon. I want to say it's one of the new Ed Brubaker books or Greg Rucker. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't have my whole list in front of me. And in all honesty, even though there's plenty of readers who don't like what Brian Azzarello has done in Wonder Woman. Uh, specifically, I know that there's a lot of female fans who are angered at the way the Amazons have been portrayed. And the fact that now she has a father, she absolutely happens to be the child of Zeus. Uh, I'm at, I'm really enjoying the book. Uh, I, I mean, granted, I'm really enjoying the book more for Cliff Chang's art than Azzarello's writing. And in fact, I was I get disappointed uh, with Chang's not re- penciling the issue. I don't pay as much attention to the issues. And he was supposed to be at Baltimore uh, again. I had met him last year, and I was really psyched to meet him again this year because I was going to try to get a sketch or something. And he canceled at the last minute, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, but maybe, maybe he'll be back next year. He seems to 
kind of being a perennial uh, attendee. But the Comic-Con. This is kind of where we're going here. And who did I meet? And what did I do? Uh, because that was about it for my summer. I did a couple of things where I... I the, the highlight of the last couple weeks of summer was my taking my son to to the Dulles uh, Space Museum, Air and Space Museum annex up by the uh, by Dulles Airport up in Washington, and just doing non geek stuff like you know just in, I, I was teaching summer school anyway, but you know some hiking, some just doing our best to enjoy ourselves and, and going to the beach for a week and, and whatnot. But then, like I said, uh, la- as of this recording last weekend, I went to, or uh, about a week ago, I went to the Baltimore Comic-Con, which was held uh, September 7th and 8th up I- in the Inner Harbor. And this is the second my second year at the con, and I'm a slightly more experienced podcaster. So I went ahead and I emailed the organizers to request a pass pa- press pass. And got one because of my affiliation with the Batman universe through taking flight. And because I name-dropped Chris Honeywell and Scott Gardner of Two True Freaks. And in fact, my press pass says the Batman universe slash Two True Freaks. And uh, I sent Scott some audio that hopefully gets used on Comics Monthly Monday. I am recording this before that episode comes out. And if it isn't, either way, it was well worth getting. And it was well worth getting the press pass. And uh, if you have found your way here for some reason... By listening to Comics Monthly Monday, uh, you'll be getting the extended version of a lot of, this, of the audio that I did have, because I took my recorder with me. I tried to do a whole day's worth of audio, or as much as I could, in covering the Comic-Con. Uh, for a first time around, I got quite a bit, a couple hours worth of stuff. Next year, I'm sure that I will plan things out a little bit better, or maybe insist on seeing certain panels. Um, you know, I... I got to part of a panel, skipped another one, mainly because I was trying to get certain creators, most notably George Perez. Uh, and I th- I'm thinking that maybe, uh, you know, when I plan for this next year, I, I will have, you know, kind of my strategy down in a little different way because I seem to be reducing the number of signatures I try to get anyway uh, from year to year. But let me take care of that in my con audio from my nice MP3 recorder and what have you. So... Uh, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'm going to come back with the beginning of my day in Baltimore. You'll hear me filling in the gaps about what I was able to see, what I was able to, uh, who I was able to talk to when I don't have audio for it. And uh, we'll be right back after this. Gathered together from the far reaches of the internet are assembled a network of podcasts dedicated to the first and greatest superhero. Superman. The Superman Podcast Network is dedicated to covering all aspects of the Superman legend, featuring the thrilling adventures of Superman, Golden Age Superman, the Superman Fan Podcast, Superman in the Bronze Age. From Crisis to Crisis, a Superman podcast. The Schuster Herald Podcast. It's Superman. The Carousel Podcast. The Amateur Steel. A John Henry Allen podcast. The world's best podcast. And Radio KL from supermanhomepage.com. Join hosts Michael Bradley, John Wilson, Billy Hogan, Charlie Niemeyer, J. David Weeder, Jeffrey Taylor, Michael Bailey, Scott Gardner, Sam Rizzo, Danny Sapp, Matthew Epps. 
I'm Isaac. I'm Adam. Dave Eunice and co-host Scotty V. At supermanpodcastnetwork.com. Alright, it is very early in the morning. It is about 6 o'clock in the morning and uh, I have just left my in-law's house uh, for Baltimore Comic Con. I wanted to do uh, this segment. I'm not doing my entire drive to the convention uh, in a recording because it's an hour and a half drive. But I did want to do this segment to kind of talk about you know, what I did to prep because I find it just kind of funny how much prep goes into something, um, like a comic convention. Um, basically I kind of followed some of the stuff that I did last year and I, I went on to into kind of full on like anal retentive planning mode when I was thinking about doing this, uh, because I had a lot of fun last year and, um, there were, you know, uh, as you, if you listen to the very first episode of this, of this podcast and, uh, got some great advice on how to plan, but there were still some things that, you know, I, uh, I didn't plan for, or, uh, you know, (laughs) it, you know, didn't feel like, you know, I was like, oh, I missed this, I missed that. And not in a way like, oh, my plans went awry, because I think with something like this, you, you, you plan all you want. And you never fully, you know, stick to a plan. You you kind of uh, chuck the script at some point. You just kind of enjoy yourself, which is what I'm really looking to do today. But uh, the convention runs from 10 to 5 or 10 to 6 today. And uh, I uh, will probably leave around 4 o'clock. Uh, the reason I'm leaving here at 6 o'clock, my in-laws, is uh, one... Uh, for as early as I got there before the doors opened yesterday, the line was three quarters of the way around the building to get in. Granted, I had a ticket already, and this year I have a press pass that uh, I got through um, my connections, which is hilarious to say. Uh, um, the two true freaks in the Batman universe being a podcaster, so that's pretty cool. And I plan on doing some um, some podcasting stuff there. I, I'm hoping to get a couple of interviews and what have you. Um, but okay, so at the moment I'm leaving is uh, so that's I want to get there early. But um, I'm in my I, um, I live in in Charlottesville, Virginia, in the Charlottesville, Virginia area, and that is a good three hours plus from the city of Baltimore, where this comic convention is taking place. Um, there are shows in Richmond and what have you. I've never actually gone to one because I just never really had the time to go. But this is this is a pretty big one. That's one of the reasons why I go. Uh, it's also the closest, like, major... Washington, D.C. is close to the closest major city. Uh, but it's, you know, it's D.C., and D.C. doesn't really have anything aside from, uh, you know, smaller shows. That, um... So, obviously, I'm leaving early, but I'm not leaving, um... I'm not leaving, uh, what's it called? Charlottesville at the moment. I am leaving, uh, my, my in-laws live up in the northern Virginia area out on closer to uh, Fredericksburg if you're if you're familiar with it and uh, they are near Interstate 95 so they're about an hour and a half from Baltimore and uh, what's funny is that this is the exact drive that I used to do when I was in college because I dated Amanda uh, for the last two two and a half years of college and uh, we used to meet at her parents 
his house all the time. So it was about an hour and a half drive every weekend. So at some point, 95 between, well, 95 between Fredericksburg and really uh, New York City uh, is like second nature to me since I've done it so many times. Uh, so my 95 now. All right, so to prep, um, I didn't plan it like weeks in advance. I think a few weeks in advance, I, I've been kind of clicking every once in a while to see what the uh, updated schedule or guest list for the comic convention is. The schedule really didn't get released until right around Labor Day of panels and what have you. And the program really didn't come out until today is Saturday morning. It didn't come out until, I want to say, Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, and then I, I uh, downloaded a PDF of the, panel, uh, of the panel schedule and the program and printed it out so that I could have uh, something to go by and, and plan my day out. But basically, what I've done the last couple of years is... I made like a first list of creators that I wanted to get signings and stuff from, made a pile of comics, and then pared that down, because my kind of rule of thumb is that if I can't carry it in a, in a I have a messenger bag, if I can't carry the stuff in a messenger bag, I'm not taking it. Um, I don't want to be one of those guys who carries like a little luggage cart full of all, with a short box. Um, because A, I lose track of that crap. B, I don't I just don't have the patience to carry that much crap around with me. And C, um, I don't want to bombard creators with a lot of books. I think the most books I'm bringing to one creator, uh, I've got I've got about six or seven comics from Michael Goldman to sign. Six comics from Michael Goldman to sign. And I have um, like two comics and a and a bunch of who's who pages from the binder edition for Adam Hughes to sign. And I think that aside from that, uh, there are a few trades and stuff like that. And that takes up the bulk. The, the various trades I want signed take up probably the bulk of what I've got here. So, but what I did was I made that list and I, I kind of made a priority in terms of the list. And uh, number one on the list was George Perez because he wasn't there last year. I think he does this every other year. And I'm like, he's if I have a creator bucket list uh, or or a, or a top, you know, or whatever, top five or whatever, he's definitely um, uh, number one or number two with Marv Wolfman because Wolfman and Perez were my know, were my comic creators through much of my collecting career because I am a huge Titans fan. So I actually, and I pared it down because I know Paris char charges for autographs in the way that you're making a donation to I believe the Heroes Foundation. So I boiled it down to two things and, uh, and, I, and I like, I kind of follow Scott Gardner's rule of bringing things that have some sort of personal significance in a sense, uh, mainly because I'm not the guy who's going to put crap up on eBay anyway, so, like, let me bring something that, like, I really want this side. Because I could bring a whole long box of George Paris stuff and, and say, here, sign all this. Um, I brought, I'm bringing Crisis, my Crisis hardcover, the, the one that came out in 98, I have that one, and I'm bringing uh, New Teen Titans number 38, who's Donna Troy. Uh, one of my, my favorite single-issue story of all time, and also something I actually teach in my 10th grade English class. Uh, I also, just for him to see because I'm like, this is, it's just kind of funny that I have this. Um, I found, I forgot that I had this. I got it in like a garage sale on eBay or something for very, very cheap. 
paperback edition of the New Teen Titans that reprints the first three issues um, in black and white, kind of in a, in a regular book paperback, uh, kind of in the same way that, I don't know, if you remember, The Untold Legend of the Batman was printed that way as well, or Shadow of the Batman. No, it was Untold Legend of the Batman. Was printed that way as well. I used to, I got it from I got that from a book club years ago. So I did that and I pared the list down and then I decided you know last year's a couple of things I missed out on because I was kind of jockeying around the entire convention trying to get as many creators to sign stuff as possible. I was like you know I really don't I don't necessarily want everybody's signature all the time here anymore. So um, I, I pared it down to well, this be five or six people and decided okay like you know there are people I definitely want to get and there are people if I don't get them I'm not going to be crushed uh, and then I and and this, I decided I'm going to hit artists alley I'm going to look at the kids love comics because you know I, my, my son Brett is six years old he loves superheroes and like is there some stuff I can pick up um, and I'm going to hit a couple of panels uh, the DC New 52 panel is at 11 o'clock um, I'm I I need my my DC soul needs saving because I'm about to drop what's left of my DC books. Um, Nightwing is on its last legs, as far as I'm concerned, and the news concerning Batwoman that just came out on Thursday kind of pissed me off. So I want to see what they what they say, how they handle it. Plus, I might do some reporting. Um, you know, I might I might actually write that up for uh, TVU. Um, the other panel I want to do is I want to do the George Perez panel. Uh, it, 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 it was a, it was a toss up between the panel about George Perez and the panel on Terry Moore because I, I do love Strangers in Paradise and gosh, but this is George Perez, so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do the George Perez panel. Uh, so that's eleven, that's a one, and then around there I'm going to do some shopping. I'm going to see some stuff, and I'm going to you know talk to some people and and have a lot of fun. Um, so what I did was I literally typed up a list of hour by hour what to do. Um, this hour I'm doing this, this hour I'm doing this, this hour I'm doing this. And then I typed up a shopping list. Uh, and then I just, I, um, and I know that I might not follow the list exactly. I know I might not follow the schedule exactly. But I like the idea that I am going to be, you know, right on. I packed snacks so that I didn't have to eat disgusting con food. Um, last year, I actually met friends of mine who live in Baltimore for lunch. I went to college in Baltimore, so uh, several of my friends from college are still up there. Um, I'm not not that I don't love those guys or anything, but it's because I wanted to do these panels and I wouldn't have time to meet them and go down to the, the Happy Burger Bar and meet them or something like that. So I just quietly just kind of I'm doing this and I'm driving up there. And I have, a, you know, I've had like a, a Luna bar and, and, and granola bars and, this, and goldfish. Was my, again, you have a kid, you have goldfish in the house. Uh, and then just some other stuff that I can eat you know, every once in a while. Um, I tend to not eat a lot uh, of these things, especially because I just don't want to go to the bathroom when I don't have to, when I don't want to. Um, so... <laughs> I think uh, I think I'll be in good shape for that. Otherwise, um, I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time in line <laughs> because I'm going to get there way before the doors open. I'm going to pick up my press pass. Uh, I have you know I have my pen. I have uh, my um, I have a bottle of Advil in case I get a headache. I have a stick of deodorant. 
I have an extra t-shirt. Um, I actually, and once again, I'm, I'm just that annoying when it comes to playing shit out. I strategically choose the t-shirt last year. I, I, I just want, I, not, not to be some sort of like, I'm cooler than everybody else or hipster type of, type of person, but I try to find a t-shirt that I have that maybe not a lot of other people have. And last year it was a new Titans t-shirt from 1993 celebrating issue 100. It was, uh, I actually like the fact that I wore it, even though the back of it is kind of embarrassing because it's a picture of like Evil Raven and her like Lady Death outfit. Um, but the front's really cool looking. It's a Tom Grummet drawing, Titans running at you type of drawing. And I just will never forget the look I got from Paul Levitz when I was like, yeah, it's the 90s and Teen Titans. And he was just like, okay. Um, this year, um, one of my other favorite t-shirts, uh, I have a Justice League t-shirt. It's a ringer tee. It's white with a blue ringer on it. And it's, uh, it's, it's a classic Justice League drawn by, I'm pretty sure, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name. Actually, the t-shirt's in the wash. So I grabbed, um, I am wearing a Greatest American Hero t-shirt. Yeah, believe it or not, I'm walking on air. Uh, I have, I got that for Christmas from my parents. So I put it on my Amazon wish list. It's, it's cool. It's just a red t-shirt with the Greatest American Hero logo. It's a little distressed. And uh, my backup t-shirt's a Superman, a brand new Superman t-shirt I got for... I want to say my birthday uh, or Father's Day from from my son. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's what I'm wearing. I brought all my my stuff with me. I, I have my camera. I have my MP3 recorder, and I'm on I-95 on my way to Baltimore. And now, what I'm going to do as I hit a little bit of construction traffic here because there's a lane closed. If you're familiar with 95 in Virginia, it is constantly under construction. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and I'm, I brought my iPod and I'm driving my wife's CRV, which has a nice little USB thing. You plug the iPod in, you can listen to your iPod as you're, as you're driving without, you know, having a, having a jockey shuffle stuff around. Uh, I've got some podcasts I can clear out. Uh, I've got some Hey Kids comics. I got some. Uh, I actually, the funny thing is, is, I think I've listened to almost all my comics podcasts. So most of my podcasts are uh, going to be non-comics. But I'm going to sit back, relax, and enjoy it. And I will check in again right around the time that I hit the parking garage in Baltimore. So. Uh, I got there around 7.30. I got a parking spot on the ground floor of an all-day garage. It cost me about 20 bucks. It was right next to the convention center. It was well worth it. It was the same lot I had parked at last year. I got my press pass. I got in what was a very short line at the time. In fact, about a half an hour before the convention opened, uh, they moved that part of the line inside because there were like velvet ropes and what have you. But uh, I was probably one of the first 50 non-VIPs into the convention. And... I'm sure I could have actually spent the money on a VIP pass, but I really wasn't interested. I felt, you know, I'll just wait in line with everybody else and, and what have you, because I didn't have the money to spend. Plus, they got a free press, press pass as it is. So, getting up at the crack of dawn, and I'm not kidding, I was up and out the door at 6 o'clock, because it was an hour and a half drive. Getting up at the crack of dawn and standing in line for two and a half hours, especially since the line at 10 o'clock had wrapped away all the way around the building, uh, good, good tactic. To their credit, the organizers get things flowing pretty quickly. And my to my fellow fans' credit, you know, standing in line wound up being pretty cool. 
I met a guy who lived in Maryland who was originally from Chicago. He spent our time in line talking comics. He talked movies. The guy behind us was a vet who was a longtime Comic-Con attendee. And for what I gather from the conversations we all had during this wait was that, you know, from what they told me, this is a convention that still caters to comic book fans and comic book creators in a way that some others don't. And you can really tell that on the inside because most of the booths and people involved are comics related or toy related and you don't get a lot of talk about panel of panels about movies and television or big announcements the way you do with say San Diego I mean that's what I've heard about San Diego or one of the criticisms I've heard about San Diego I have no personal experience with San Diego I'd like to go to New York one year especially somewhere I have somewhere to stay but that's in the future or but before I get into the whole experience and, and, and who I met and, and what I bought and what have you, I, I probably should just start, and I'll get this out of the way, is address the news that was coming out of Baltimore, which is old news by now, but uh, worth, worth talking about, at least because it's germane to this podcast. First, George Perez had signed an exclusive deal with Boom Studios, and the new series is going to be called I believe she devils and there's one piece of promo art looks pretty cool I'm probably going to pick up at least the first issue more notably though there is uh, this three and a half minutes of Dan DiDio at the beginning of the new 52 panel I wanted to ask. Um, what I want to do is go straight to the question of Batman there seems to be a lot of talk about the character and a lot going on about this at this very moment it's a shame that it all, I wasn't online much so I got caught up in the middle of it halfway through but now I'm up to speed uh, but the interesting thing about the character, and I want to explain to everybody about this. You know, when we introduced Batwoman back in 2006, um, we took a huge risk at DC, DC Comics at the time, DC Comics. We went and did something unprecedented. We made one of our major characters gay. Uh, it was something we thought about, something we considered, and we went very heavily to do this, and we were very committed to doing that. And when we did it, we knew there would be controversy and complaints, and there were. We got hit with so many different letters and so many nasty emails and all that, but we stood our cost and we stood behind that character 100%. So much so that we made her the lead in Detective Comics and then we gave her her own book. And that was back in 2006 and we continue to support that character to this day. Simple as that. And when I went out and spoke about Batwoman the first time that we did it, we made it very clear. What we wanted to do is make a hero first and then make the character gay as part of who she is part of her personality, part of what makes her a hero. It's several apart from the different other members of the Bat family, but she was clearly a member of the Bat family. And when we went out with the New 52, and even before the New 52, we had one very clear idea in our minds with the Bat group. They shouldn't have happy personal lives. They shouldn't. They put on a cake and a cow for a reason. They're committed to being that person. They're committed to defending others at the sacrifice of all their own personal instincts. And for me, that's a very important statement to make. And that's something that we reinforce, because if you look at every one of the characters in the Batman family, their personal lives kind of suck. Bruce Wayne, Dick Grayson, God rest his soul. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, shouldn't I? Uh, <laughs> now I got the Nightwing people pissing me again. But Tim Drake, Barbara Gordon, and Kathy Kane. It's wonderful that they try to establish personal lives, but it's also just as equally important that they put it aside because they know what they're accomplishing as the hero. 
takes precedence over everything else. That is our that is our mandate, that is our edict, that is our stand with our characters. We reinforce this with every single of the books, with every single one of the writers. You wonder what editors do? That's their job. I stand behind that 100%, I stand behind our choices 100%, and I stand behind Batwoman and Kathy Kane 100%. Name one other publisher that committed to a character of that fashion out there. Name one. There isn't. We put her in the book that was the company was named after. We have our own series, and this series will continue, and it'll be better than ever. We have a new writer come on board. His name is Mark Andrenko. Maybe you're familiar with his work. He's done things like Manhunter. He's just written Black Lightning and Blue Devil. One of my personal guys is one of my good friends also doing this book, and I couldn't be happier with it. He's so excited about taking on the series, so much so that we're putting him on the book, starting with issue number 25. Batwoman is going to become an integral part of Batman's universe, just the way we always wanted it. She'll be starting with the Year Zero storyline, and from there, she'll be an important part, as she always is, with the Batman family and the rest of the DC universe. So, that's that. Okay? Now, with any further ado, let me turn it over to my staff. Now, I got that from YouTube, because uh, it was clear. But either way, uh, it's something that made the news right before the weekend. Uh, Robinson and, and Blackman, not Robinson, uh, Williams and Blackman leaving Batwoman. I put my two cents in on this over at the Batman Universe page. I will supply a link to that in the show notes. And basically, I said that I was disappointed in DC for doing this because, well, Batwoman has been such a good book with such a complex character, and having Kate get married to Maggie wouldn't have necessarily made her happy, to be honest with you. In fact, it might have actually complicated things even more. But DC's just... I don't know what DC's doing to be honest. I mean, maybe it's me being too old for their target audience or something, but as someone who's creative, someone who's involved to some extent in publications, it frustrates me when I hear about editorial interference, especially in stuff that's good. I mean, granted, my publication experience is with the high school yearbook, but I know when to leave well enough alone, and it seems they're just overstepping their bounds or something, or, or that, that they're forcing things to fit a certain mold where they don't need to fit a certain mold. Uh, but like I said, you can check out my full piece over on the Batman universe, and uh, I'll provide a link to it in the show notes. Besides, I want to get back to the audio, to my con- convention experience, uh, and and you know what my day was like. I went to George Perez first. I got in line. I got my ticket. And what's cool about that is he has this awesome ticket system because they know or he knows or the people who work with him, his handlers, I guess you could call them the booth people, know that he will have an insane line. The wait for him really was two hours. And so they give you a ticket and you can go away, you can go talk to other people, you can go shopping, and then you come back when they're up to the number that's on the ticket. And I'll get to that in a little while. Uh, because what I did was I stood there for a little bit, and I was like, all right, this really isn't moving. I'm going to go ahead. And even though I was just kind of like right around the corner, I wasn't even that far back in the line. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go see other people. And the first person I went to see, because he was right behind George Perez's table, and another table was Adam Hughes, who had very few people online. Uh, but then it was just very, very early in the convention. He signed my copy of the Titans sellout special from 93, which was the first thing post-crisis, uh, not post-crisis, post-total chaos. 
and he signed within the comic. I love this. He signed uh, New Titans number ninety three, which is the one where Mirage had been disguising herself as Corey and posed for a porno mag. And it was this. Uh, there was the cover of the porno mag, which showed uh, Corey in the shower. Starfires, you've never seen her before. And then, and then a a a centerfold in the middle in the staples of Corey, like on a weight bench, and her hair is covering things up in strategic places. And it's Adam Hughes doing this, even though it's twenty years ago. It's Adam Hughes doing this, so it's great. And he signed uh, the a, his A H right on Corey's uh, leg there on the on the cover of the Porto mag. He also signed several of the Who's Who binder edition pages uh, from 1990. Uh, I I didn't get it really audio from him. Uh, he was the first person I saw on the day, and I've always found that I kind of bumble my way through the first ones. So I think what I need to do for future conventions is pick a first creator who I either am going to be able to talk to very easily because I've met them before, or someone who, not that I don't give a shit that I meet them, but that it's not, you know, that I'm not, I don't care if I, if I look like a moron. Uh, but what I did find pretty interesting, because Allison Stone, who is his wife and a fellow comics creator, was with him, and she said that people call every once in a while looking for the original artwork for the entry about ice. Uh, Tora is sitting in, it's in her JLI, classic JLI uniform, and she's like holding a seal and smiling. It's very, very cute. And and that was that was ice. Ice was never sex. She was very, very kind of sexy in the way fire was. Uh, and I think I, uh, she was, you know, um, a lot cuter. And and people call looking for it. She said, you know, and I have no idea where it is. It's like twenty years old. Uh, so it's it's kind of funny that that is a favorite uh, piece of artwork of some people. And she kind of recognized it. I think the other ones I got signed were um, his drawing for Big Barda. For fire, for ice, I already said for valor, and phantom lady, which which is a gorgeous one, and I believe Arkham Asylum. He did the Arkham Asylum pinup. Uh, from there, I went to see Art Baltasar and Franco, who, if you're unfamiliar with them, created the Tiny Titans. They were doing Superman Family Adventures. Right now, they're doing uh, Little Hellboy. And uh, also they also have their own creator own thing called Aw Yeah, which is uh, with Attack Cat and Adventure Bug. And uh, they, um, my son reads a lot of these. So I, I picked up uh, Little Hellboy. I picked up uh, an issue of Aw Yeah with Attack Cat. I picked up for only like seven or eight bucks, I bought the DC Super Pets Encyclopedia, which my son loved. And I also got I got a I got a sketch. Um, my son is six, and he told me to go through his comic collection, and pick out comics, <laughs> uh, and he he loves this. I was hoping uh, how much for a sketch? Because I wanted to get for for him. He's a kid. Uh, it's free. Oh really? Yep. Yeah. He's he he is just uh, he gets this. and He gets like Spider Man. Um, I, we uh, I think I'm going to start picking up uh, the. I'm gonna get a issue of all oh, yeah, and I'm gonna get oh, yeah, uh, and I'm gonna get that Super Pets encyclopedia too. Oh, that's, he that's loves cool. Super Pets. Yeah, you so. wanna you wanna get for Spider-Man for him or something? Or? Uh, actually, he loves crypto. He's got a little crypto, crypto action figure, crypto, so yeah. the crypto sure. would be great. That's cool. Did uh, you get a chance to see the Super Pets cartoons on uh, Cartoon Network? I've seen a couple of them, um, and I kept missing them. So yeah, that's try to that's us. Try that's our stuff. It is. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna have to track those down because. 
Yeah, the, uh, I think the first couple of them are online. Oh, cool. He'll get a kick out of them. He loves yeah, the, they're fun. the cartoons. Funny thing, this was the only Superman title I was even reading for the longest time because it's oh, wow. so, it was so much fun. Oh, thank and you. And it's one of the cool things about having, I guess, having a little kid and comic books and you find the stuff that you, know, you really, really enjoy. So I, I really appreciate it. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you should uh, pick up uh, Itty Bitty Hellboy. It's our, okay. it's our new book, too, and, uh, and audio. We're proud of those guys. <laughs> We're trying that's to awesome. these two. Oh, he's going to flip. Thank you very much. Oh, I really, welcome. really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Okay. Uh, yeah, cool. That'd be cool. I didn't even think about that. Okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Hi. How are you doing? Uh, okay, so my son is a huge fan. Nice. He loves his, in fact, these are his. Cool. And I'm going to buy, I'm buying these two and I'm going to buy one of uh, these. Awesome. Perfect. So, uh, just want to Sign them for sure. you? Yes, please. That's great. Make sure I pay for the three bucks before I. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and then I have you sign. Any one of these? Yeah, the the Super Pets. Uh, it's like he's he's gonna flip over this. He loves he loves the whole Superman family, Super Pets. Yeah, stuff. this is a good book, man. I'm yeah. so happy with it. So now that I'm done shopping for him, I can go shop. <laughs> Although I'm probably gonna read this more than he is, to be completely honest with you. Oh, yeah. It tells it tells the whole history of the DC universe. Oh, that's so cool. Kind of cool. This is all you really need. Yeah. I was telling him, you know, this was one of the few Superman books I was reading, and, he, and having it, my son six and the two of us read this stuff together, it makes it makes comic books fun again, and I really, really appreciate that oh, cool, you guys man. put this stuff together. So I'll probably follow, I'm gonna follow you guys along to Hellboy and see what else. Oh, thanks, dude. All right, these are his, and I just wanted to have them oh, signed. So. Thank you, sir. The adventure begins. Yeah. Superman got no nominated for a Harvey Award. Oh, really? So that's what's happening tonight. Good luck. I yeah, unfortunately I hope can't so. make it, but good luck. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm excited. Cool. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, well, I'm going to let You're other people in. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thanks, this is really great. Oh, you're sure awesome. Take care. <laughs> From there, I went and talked to Mike Kunkel, who, uh, and like an idiot, I forgot to turn my recorder on because he was so nice. If you're, if you're unfamiliar with Mike Kunkel, uh, maybe you're familiar with this comic, which is Hero Bear and the Kid, uh, that just started being, well, it had originally been published like 10 years ago, and now it's just been republished by Kaboom, and I've been getting been getting them for my, for my son, Brett, and we've been uh, reading it, and I had made a note on my program to go to the Kaboom booth, but I never realized or didn't know he was going to be there or didn't pay attention, so I didn't bring anything to sign, but he had copies of the recent Hero Bear special as well as the first issue of the new series, Hero Bear and the Kid, The Inheritance. So I just bought new copies of it because they're only a couple of bucks each and uh, had him sign, and, and I bought a stuffed Hero Bear because it's a stuffed hero bear, and, and my son loves his stuffed hero bear. And uh, Mike Kunkel signed uh, both. He drew a little hero bear on the cover of the special. And we talked for a little bit. I said, you know, my son really likes this. And he, he was just so nice and so enthusiastic. He seemed so enthusiastic about, my, about the fact that, you know, my son and I like to read the comic together. And he seemed so enthusiastic about the fact that he's working with Kaboom and... Um, 
and and how well that is going for him and the book itself is really great i really recommend picking it up uh just i mean just because the guy is so nice and seems so just happy to be doing what he's doing and 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 i really really will support anybody like that but especially since it's good stuff too it's really fun it's really cute it's it's definitely got a um it's not throwaway kid stuff it has a nice heart to it which is what i like in in some kid stuff because when you have a kid and you've got a kid who's the age of my son who's six you see a lot of throwaway kid shit and and when it has some substance to it when it has some heart or some real humor to it or something like that it's it's definitely worth uh picking up next up was michael golden so like, yeah, so I, I went and I found most of the series. I've got all your stuff on it, and um, I decided I, I, I have. I've been doing a Batman podcast for a while, and I was thinking of doing another one. And, and this series is my definitely father was in Vietnam, and I've been always been interested in the era. So I started just going through each issue and just like twenty minutes on a podcast. Because I'm amazed at how realistic it looks. Um, me being a kid from the '80s, I wouldn't know, you know. From that, but uh, but I'd love to have you come on and, and just talk about those you know, twelve issues or so for, for a little bit. So I'll, I'll get in touch with uh, Renee, Renee, and, and we'll set something up hopefully. But uh, this is a, this is a treat. I really uh, I really love love the show. I love the comic. Well, thank you, sir. And uh, yeah, my. Uh, I, I, I teach English. Um, my colleague teaches Tim O'Brien's book, The Things That Care. And I told him to hunt down at least the first issue of this and show it. I don't know if he did, but I told him that it's a good companion piece to it, too. Oh, it's just darling. Fair enough. I will. Oh, really? Okay. Now, this is the signature that's worth money. <laughs> It's a great book. It is. It really is. I wasn't pretentious enough to sign a doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she is a doctor. That's, it wasn't a joke. Oh, really? That's pretty she, cool. She really is a doctor. As in, trust me, I'm on it. Yeah, as in, trust me, I am. Doctor in what? Neurology. Very cool. A friend of mine studied neuro- neuroscience at Brown, I think. I can't remember where she went. I'm a fan of brains, what she said. I'm an English teacher. I try not to let their brains die. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Brown, Brown University. That's where Joseph Campbell was. Yes. Yeah. Right, well, thank you very much. You're quite welcome, um, sir. I will be in touch regarding a possible interview and setting something up. And Sounds good. So thank you. I'll, I'll be waiting really to hear from you then. Have a great Thank you, man. I am hoping to get Mr. Golden on a future episode of In Country. I have to get in touch with him. He gave me his contact info. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Someone who will be on a future episode of this show is Rob Kelly, who is the co-creator of Ace Kilroy, the editor of an amazing new book called Hey Kids Comics, True Life Tales from the Spinner Rack. He runs the Aquaman Shrine, which I believe you can find at aquamanshrine.net. And he is the host of the Fire and Water podcast, which includes one of my favorite podcasts, Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe.
Podcast to podcast. We're on on the mic. Pressure now. I gotta say something very witty. Um, I still want to have you on for for Hey Kids. Absolutely. When our schedules clear up, I'll shoot you an email. Absolutely. It's out. It's out now. It's on sale. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Ready to. I was kind of bummed that you didn't have it. I know you're bummed. I am majorly bummed. (laughs) But I'm gonna go ahead and I'll I'll pre-order. I'll order it off of Amazon. Thank you very Um, much. They have it. They have. They're keeping it in stock, so you can get it in like a day. It's amazing. Oh, cool. Shag ordered it on Wednesday. He got it yesterday. Yeah, where did so, the whole idea for this come from? I mean, it's really, really cool. It started as as the blog, the Hey Kids blog that uh-huh. I had. And I, I was just like, you know, it, it, I, I, I started up the blog and I started getting stories in from people. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take too long where I was like, I mean, these are like really good stories. They're yeah. like way better than I even kind of thought they would be. You know, I yeah. thought they would mostly be like, hey, one time I went to 7-Eleven and I got this issue with Thor that was really awesome. And, and that was okay. You know, I, I know. Like, that's good. But then I started getting stories that were like really... Some of them were like really serious and like yeah. really kind of powerful, and I was like, "Wow!" And so um, I just thought this was like this could be like a really good book, and I did some research, mm-hmm. and it's like there's never been a book like this. There's no book like this. Like there's, you know, there's books about like my favorite play, the play mm-hmm. that made me want to become a playwright, and there's the thing about sports, and I'm like, yeah. so there's there's this format, but no thing about comics. So I was like. So cool. I started asking, you know, my friends in the industry, and they were all like, "Yeah, sure." And so I started getting stories from them, and it just built from there. And it just took way longer than I thought. I to can get imagine. It published. I can imagine because there was like all these stops and starts. You'd have a publisher say, "Oh, I'm interested in this," and then they're like, "No, never mind," and whatever. Like, such a screw. I had one publisher. I had one publisher. He took my pitch from me, uh-huh. and he's like, "I love this book. This is a great idea." He goes, "But." The names aren't marketable enough. And he goes, this is this is actually his advice. He says, go out and get Neil Gaiman, Kevin Smith, and Michael Shaban, and then come back and I'll take it from you. I'm like, oh, you're going to do me a favor. You know, yeah. you want me to get an Oscar-winning, a Pulitzer Prize winner, yeah. uh, a movie director, and one of the most like revered writers ever, and then you'll take it from me. Thank you. And I'll what walk down favor. the block and I'll talk to you. What a favor you're going to do for me. It's like, if I could get Michael Shaban, what are you for? It's like, these are great songs, kid. Get the Beatles to record them. Exactly. Oh, okay. Is that it? Like, what the hell? So... I just kept going with it, and, and and you know, I was like, look, all these people, you know, all these yeah. guys were yeah, nice I, enough. I've just, it's impressive. We're so impressive. Nice enough to write these stories for me. I'm like, I can't bail on this. Yeah. Like, I can't, no matter how Very I can't rare. bail. Mm-hmm. So I just kept going, and then finally, Crazy Eight and I, you know, arranged something. So you know, yeah. cool. Well, very cool. They'll be waiting for me when I get home. On I'm Monday. really, really, really looking forward to the book. Yes. So I will. Uh, I am going to buy a, 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 a volume one. Okay. Thank you. Very much. I just I heard your uh, I listened to you uh, with, with Mike. Yeah, that'd be great. I started uh, reading the online comics, so I'm like I'm I'm gonna pick up uh, volume one. Thank you. Yeah, Mike. Mike's uh, my appearance on Mike's show. I got a lot of sales out of that. Mike, I'm like Mike, you really made it rain for me. Mike is the best. Yes, please. Just T O M. T O M. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just had Mike on. on I swear, I, I'm the only person who's ever Mike on a show where we're not talking about comics. We're just talking about movies, and they weren't <laughs> comic movies. But Mike is great. After my appearance, I kept I would ask people who would um, uh, want to buy something. I'm like, "What'd you hear from me?" And they're like, "Oh, you're so long." I'm like, yeah. Wow. Like you know. Yeah, and the funny thing was, I, 
I have bags if you want one. Uh, no, because I've got a bag that I'm just checking out. Um, I was, the funny thing about this is I was following your blog for a while. That's 10 bucks? Oh, thank you very much. Um, for a while, and then, and I was following you on Facebook for a while as Hey Kids Comics, and then when I was listening to the uh, Who's Who podcast, because it's my, I, it's, I, it's such a great podcast. In fact, I'm going to start going by and back buying the old one. <laughs> we should get a kickback from DC, bro. I have, They're spiking all these sales. Uh, I have the entire Binder series, but I don't have all the, uh, the other one. So you had mentioned the book, and I put two and two together that I've been following for years. I just had no idea who you were. <laughs> I knew who Shag was because I've heard Shag on. Right, right, right. So my son, by the way, has the Aquaman and Robo Shark toy from the Imagine X. Oh, Imagine X, yes. Loves, I love it. It's funny. The two best toys is Aquaman is one of the better ones, and the Hawkman toy. Luke Jack and Eddie would be like, okay, yes. That Hawkman toy is cool. I love Hawkman. Yeah. Like I said, I'm like, it's like, why is this so hard to do? DC. Yeah. It's Hawkman. I know. I <laughs> like know. Interplanetary space cop, yeah. hot redhead wife, spaceship. Like, like I, doesn't that write itself? I actually was standing in line before I was standing in line for uh, Balthazar and Franco and Dan Tadio walked by and I was with his family or else I would have accosted him. <laughs> because I was just like, and I would have been like, yeah. And, and, and I, I wore, I would have had him, can you say into my recorder, it's a five year timeline, Superman was never married and then I can send it to Mike. <laughs> You can have dueling to Dio's on a music. Yeah. So. Oh, let me give you one of these. This is okay. Hey, kids, penny. Oh, awesome, awesome. Actually, that's really cool. Well, it was great meeting you. Yes. And I will. I'll shoot an email. Maybe sometime in the next few weeks, I'll have I'm, you on, and we'll I'm do a special. Ready to go. I got Skype. Hey I am all good. I'm ready to go, and all I appreciate right. having me on. Man. Cool. All right. Take great care. meeting you. All right. I like taking flight. I just started listening really? to it. Yeah. Thanks. And it's like I, I'm not a big Robin fan, but I was like, yeah. I'm still interested in what I'm hearing. I'm like, that's always yeah. good. I just. Um, 26 you know, I sent Dustin over at the Batman Universe is hosting it for me I sent him 26 the other day so okay. that maybe that'll be up next week and I'm taking a, a my day job is high school English teacher okay. the school year just started so I'm oh, actually right, taking right. like about a month and a half break with the exception of a couple of things from, from taking flight to recharge and then um, what I'm doing is kind of doing what Andy does at his, at his at the Hey Kids Comics podcast yes. um where he does like little seasons and stuff, right? Because I didn't want to do like an index show of Robin because I don't have all the books, and so I'm going to do a whole season starting in November. Like, oh, okay. Robin, Superman, Robin, Batman, and stuff. But yeah, I, I'm having a blast doing it. Oh, hey, we, so hey, we, we love really, really, really fun. All right, take care. I'm going to roll around. Excellent. Have shopping. fun. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoy. See this if my numbers up at the George Perez table. Oh, <laughs> take enjoy care. Enjoy that line. Yeah. So aside from Rob, um, I saw a couple other people uh, I met. J.M. DeMatteis and Keith Giffen, uh, who I didn't record them, but but J.M. DeMatteis and I had a nice little conversation about the correct pronunciation of his name and where in Italy. I think he was saying he was from uh, not Padua. Oh, I don't remember what part of Italy it was from. Um, uh, my family's from Naples. We were talking about you know how my last name is actually Panarese, but it was Americanized. It's Panarese. And his he says yeah, he's heard DeMatteis, and that's fine, but he prefers DeMatteis, which course is nice. Uh, I, had him, I had David Teus sign my uh, Justice League International trade, the New Beginning trade, and I had Keith Given, who was sitting right next to him at the next table over, sign uh, the JLI trade as well as the Great Darkness Saga, and Keith Giffen looked at it and said this was one where they were, we were just firing. Everything came together. We were firing all cylinders, and that was pretty cool. They were both very, very nice people. 
Um, I did meet Terry, Terry Moore. Uh, more on that a little bit later. And a couple other creators and, and what have you. But my big get, at least in my mind, the thing I was most psyched about, because he doesn't come to the convention every year, I believe he's an every other year guy, was George Perez. Uh, I had started on Perez's line at about 10, came back at around 12. At that point, there were only a couple, about five people ahead of me, so I stood around. Uh, it took me about 20 minutes to finally get to him and have my turn, but while I was waiting, he signed a lot of stuff. I watched him do sketches, and one sketch he did for somebody else was of Don Quixote, of all things, and and he's sitting there, and he's sketching Don Quixote. This took about five, ten minutes, and he's singing, and he's humming Man of La Mancha. And he's doing this detailed sketch that he's doing over in Sharpie and Marker and what have you. And it's just amazing. And I kind of wish I had gotten a picture of it, because it was just, holy shit, this looked good. And really, like, some of us were talking about, like, what we liked and, you know, how cool this was. But there were, there were points where we were just kind of quietly, just kind of, watching him standing around mesmerized and watching him just work. I saw him do a Robin for somebody. Uh, some guy came back by and picked up a commission that he had asked for. Because uh, Perez does commission sketches, but he does them, um, like he takes orders in advance, so he doesn't do them at the con. He does them before the con, and he brings them to the con because the just the amount of time that he spends with fans. Uh, and it was a Starfire, and it looked gorgeous, of course, and that was awesome. And you know, I wasn't intending on getting a sketch, but the price is right because I just had to get a little bit of money, put a little bit more money into the Heroes Initiative pot. Uh, when Heroes Initiative is a great cause, it it helps out people, old comics creators who or comics creators who need help with bills and, and insurance and things because not everybody is like Perez who clears a good six, seven figures over the course of uh, you know a year uh, because his stuff is still in print and his stuff is still sought after. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a sketch. So I got a sketch of Wonder Woman. Would I be able to get a Wonder Woman? Sure. Sketch? All right. I'm just going to put them in. Yes, please. This is very cool. You're making my weekend back. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do next. Yeah, that, 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 no time I get to do that. Then I'm, gonna, I'm not actually going to go to your panel. I, uh, that, that, that Don Quixote was amazing. Thank you. Oh, uh, that was awesome. I'm a, I'm a high school English teacher, so anytime Whoa. you can do literary stuff like that, I'm... <laughs> that was... They also plastered it up around here. <laughs> Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, this is cool. My wife is a, an enormous Wonder Woman fan, and uh, she doesn't know that. She doesn't know I was going to try. She doesn't know she's a Wonder Woman fan. Wow. That's yeah, amazing. yeah. She loves. She. Our wife. She loves. Yeah. She's. Uh, yes. My well, my wife is. Amazing, yeah. I got a crypto drawing from uh, Franco from from my kid. Oh. She loves the super pets, and so. And I've been a fan of yours for. I won't tell you how long. So I mean, hey, I've been, I'm sorry, my 40th year. 1990. Mm -hmm. My friend gave me a pile of comics. Crisis 12 was in there. And I wasn't born yet. Yeah, quite. I graduated high school. My, my students are younger than, like, than I've been out of high school. I'm not in high school since 1995. My students were born in 1997. Oh, my God. I teach sophomores. <laughs> 
But yeah, I got Crisis 12 and this pile of stuff my friend just gave me and he didn't want it anymore. Mm. Wow. I was... It's an addiction, man. <laughs> it is an addiction. But it was great. We have a whole room at our house Probably dedicated to this comics and all of that. Oh my gosh. I, my, wife, my wife is wearing my comics, most of my comics collection on her left hand. Oh. That's how I got the money to pay for her engagement. She was like, you did a, like, granted, most of them were books I was, I was like, you know, I, you know, a run of Spawn at the time and stuff like that. I didn't, I did not sell any of the, the stuff I, my, my, my run of Teen Titans is still intact because that will never, that will be left to That's going to be a subject of custody. That's in the will. That's in the will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe in having separate lines because then people who are waiting just as long for sketches. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, no longer neck. No, that, that's just not fair. I've so. got to tell you, man, this number system is the best idea you ever had. Thank you. It's Party amazing. George, all I got is have five more sketches in that signature. So. Okay, then whatever works. Okay. Right. So. Huh? I, mean, I mean, I know how lucky I am. But I do. I, I've been done one cover. One cover this entire year. I had six figures in June because of royalties. Oh, wow. Uh, so I, I've been very fortunate, but there are people who don't have that money. Right. I've got to get back. Can I ask you to make it to Amanda? Amanda, A-M-A-N-D-A? Yes. You got it, sir. Thank you. Oh, man. She doesn't, like I told you, she doesn't know that I'm doing this. She's going to, I'll probably go get a frame and put it up in her office. Mind if I get a picture? Sure can. Oh, you're great. You're so nice. Thank you very much. Yeah, you have books of sinus? Yeah, just a couple. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I try to bring stuff that's really significant. Crisis is a big significant you got it. for me. Um, and I just, I'm a big fan of the Who's Who. Ah. I just love bringing these because they're just such great conversation pieces. And uh, I have a funny story about this. That's what we're going to... They're stuck together. I, uh, I teach 10th grade English. I actually teach this uh -huh. in my advanced English class as part of a unit on stories about family. There's oh. a religious essay we read about a guy who, who discovered that he was adopted in the search to find his true identity. So I read it. I make 30 photocopies of the book, but we read it, and my students uh, really, really enjoyed it. I'm glad. They, wow. they, they enjoyed how much it was a, a Robin story as well as a, a Donna Troy story. They didn't understand why Robin and Donna Troy weren't a couple, and I told them I couldn't explain. Hey, hey, <laughs> I'm not, you don't have that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I, this is a real treat, and, uh, and and thank you so very much. My pleasure. Right, take care. It's great meeting you. Thank you. So I'm at the stage where I am just basically now kind of wandering. I'm going to start shopping in a minute. Um, I got several. I'll, I'll, I'll re-record afterwards. I got. I don't know what great audio I've gotten. But I got several creators. Um, okay. 
Uh, I'm going to be taking pictures of cosplayers, but now I'm going to spend the next few hours diving into the bins. Um, I had planned on going to the George Paris panel, but in all honesty, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I've been enjoying myself so much that I think I can skip the panel and just look at it in YouTube or check out the... Uh, check out the stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm familiar with the man's work. But uh, talk about a nice, nice guy. So I'm headed over to the um, looking for the uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wander Artist Alley and then see what I got. I ran into Bob Kelly earlier and um, I'm going to look for the it's called the uh, Holocaust Comic Creators for Holocaust Education. Uh, being that I teach night, I, I'd like to get some information from them. And then I'm going to wander around, take a look at some stuff, um, see what see what is around here. There's some interesting stuff, stuff that is completely out of my wheelhouse. And yet some stuff that looks like it's kind of interesting. This is right up in Looks like a lot of guys selling prints, selling wares, what have you. Um, and uh, and and I'll be back on maybe if I can get the guys from uh, from from that 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 thing. Uh, I never did find the comic creators for Holocaust education. I think they were a no show. I may look them up online. It was just that I teach a book about the Holocaust, and I wanted to uh, be able to um, talk to somebody. Maybe I could bring some stuff into my curriculum on that, but there's no dice. And then, you know, I hung around. I left at about 3.30, uh, did my drive home, stopped the Krispy Kreme in Alexandria because I had done that last year, and I got a dozen glazed. Uh, made it back to my in-laws in time for taco night. <laughs> But not before I went ahead and uh, got the recorder out for the car ride home and got my final thoughts in. All right, so that is the end of another Baltimore Comic Con, my second in a row. Kind of funny how you plan. Uh, just, just kind of my immediate reaction. I'm sure I'm going to... I might not even use this, but I wanted to get this down for notes. Getting George Perez's signature uh, took longer than I thought it would be. Uh, but it was worth it because not only did I, did I get that, but for, for a, a donation to Heroes Initiative, which is a great cause if, if you're aware of it, uh, they essentially raise money for uh, people to, you know, artists to, you know, make rent and pay bills and things. Because if you're unfamiliar with the real life of a freelancer, it, it, you know, you're not getting a steady paycheck. You're not clearing uh, a ton of money on royalties. And like somebody like George Perez is... Uh, clearing a lot of money on royalties because his stuff is still in print, but you, you think of people who uh, work hard on a, on a series for years, but the stuff doesn't make it into constant print, so there's not a lot of royalties to be had. You don't end up, you know, you don't end up clearing a lot of money month to month. So, <coughs> uh, but for that, I got uh, really uh, some great, great stuff. Um, I ended up... Uh, starting off with, with getting his, and I, and I love his ticket system. You get a ticket and you come back. So while he was gone, I got Adam Hughes' signature on my Titans comics. And uh, the uh, he signed the centerfold of Starfire, which is pretty hilarious. He, um, he 
signed the old Who's Who binder edition stuff, which I bring to every con. I had George Perez sign and and stuff. And um, if he ever comes back, or Mr. Paris comes back again, I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna limit myself to about maybe what I did today, four in a sketch. I was. Uh, I guess there was an impression that I was gonna charge per signature, but. What ended up happening was just to make a donation, and they were, uh, and then he was like, you know, there was no real donation, so there was no real donation set amount. So what I did was put put money in the pot, and I, but I had four things signed. I had the Wonder Woman and Troya Who's Who binder edition pages signed, which again, I love bringing those and having them signed by the people who who uh, drew them. I'm a little bummed that Brian Stelfreeze's stuff is not. Uh, was not there. I had Adam Hughes sign, oh, like seven or eight of them. Big Barda, Arkham Asylum, uh, Fire Ice. In fact, uh, Allison Sohn, or I believe that's what her uh, last name is, who was with him, uh, told me that people try to have gotten in touch with her regarding the Ice Who's Who page and have said people like asked for the original art and she says, you know, I don't think we have any more. That was 20 years ago. And the funny and the thing is, is that I'm not the only. And I said, you know, there, I said there's a lot of people who love that drawing. It's it's uh, of Torah, of Torah, uh, and and it's just really cool that that you know, he signed all that stuff. And um, and I told me a story that you know my my comic shop guy uh, always <laughs> took a look at the Starfire thing from New Titans '93. Bob was like, yeah, my girlfriend doesn't look like that. Uh, I did not much get much of a reaction, but then again, that was when I was around my. Um, <laughs> I always like my the first signatures I always get seem to be awkward, uh, and because I seem to be just kind of clunky, and maybe I get to warm up, and, and that was what happened last year. I got Larry Hama's signature. I might have gotten Paul Levitt's signature, and then I went and got Louise Walter Simons' signature, and the Simons were so nice and kind of calmed me down in a way that I don't think they realized. It was just you know, and then everybody else I talked to was very, very cool. Um, today, my Adam Hughes is my first, so it was a little clunky. But then uh, I happen to be standing, uh, standing adjacent to the table for Kaboom Studios, and Mike Kunkel, who does Hero Bear and the Kid, was there, and I. I know Kaboom had a table. I don't know if I had taken into account the fact that he was there. And had he been there, I would have brought my copies of the Inheritance Special and <coughs> the the, uh, the the first issue of the of the, the, news, the special, the first issue of the new series, Inheritance. I first heard of Hero Bear like 12, 13 years ago um, in previous, and I never really saw anything uh, about it after that. I never really picked it up. But I'm sitting. But what I did was I went and I bought, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get this guy's signature because I love this comic. It's so cool. It's so fun. Adultery. My son and I look at it. It is a. He's an animator. He's clearly an animator. His drawing style is is, is very nice. It's very cartoonish, and the uh, the story is great. So I recommend Hero Bear and the Kid. And I not only got. I just went ahead and just bought new copies and had him sign of the issue of the thing. And then bought a, I got a plush hero bear. So which is cool because they're cute as hell. So my, my son's really gonna have gonna love it. Uh, after that I went to see uh, I got the audio about the Dark Balthazaran and Franco and Franco drew me a crypto for my son and uh, I bought um, I think I bought all oh, yeah comics and uh, I might or I might have bought Little Hellboy. I bought the super pets 
encyclopedia, which uh, he said he worked on, and, and that's he's gonna love that. So that that's that's really really cool. Uh, check back at George Perez. He wasn't there. I went to see Michael Golden. You know, I got the audio for it. that. Was the only time where I had to really pay for a uh, straight up pay for an autograph. Uh, but I'm hoping to have him on the nom at some point. Again, I was a little awkward and intimidated because the guy, uh, the guy before me, was talking about something about a t-shirt and how to preserve a t-shirt that you have signed and so Mike uh, he had Golden sign the Comic Con t-shirt which I didn't order I, I didn't pick up but he, he said it's like I'm not going to buy a Baltimore Comic Con t-shirt and uh, he went uh, Golden was telling him how to preserve it where you uh, so here, here's some tips straight from Michael Golden by way of me Soak the t-shirt that you have signed in cold water. Let it soak like overnight. Then take it out and just kind of let it dry. And then you're going to iron it, steam iron it. And apparently that seals in or, or kind of preserves the signatures. So there you go. That's how to preserve a t-shirt that you have had signed if you're going to wear the t-shirt. I wish I had known that. I've only had one t-shirt signed ever and it was... I went to a Gin Blossoms concert in college and met the band afterwards, and they signed, uh, I was with my friend Val, and she, they signed her jeans and her t-shirt and my t-shirt. Oh, it was a black t-shirt. I think they signed a, a t-shirt for the girl I was dating at the time. Anyway, uh, so, so anyway, I talked to Michael Goldman a little bit. Um, he gave me Renee Winterstater's contact info. I'm going to get in touch with Renee set that up. So I'm, I'm look for a future episode of In Country to hopefully feature an interview, a uh, short interview with Michael Golden, who seemed very nice, but is very extroverted. Kind of reminds me of a couple of friends I had. Just very like, yeah, really nice. And just, hey, how are you doing? And a little intimidating maybe for just someone like me. Um, I uh, then went and saw, checked back with uh, the, the line. Uh, Cliff Chang wasn't there. I was a little disappointed in that. I was hoping to get a Wonder Woman sketch uh, for my wife. I was also hoping to get a uh, print for a friend of mine who loves the, uh, it's this It's this post, it's this drawing Chang did of Wonder Woman, Black Canary, Satana, a couple other people in uh, like a, a Runaways type of band. And uh, she's got it, like, all the she's got it on her Tumblr and what have you, and I tried. I was hoping to get that done and signed. Unfortunately, he wasn't there. But, oh, well. Uh, I didn't make a shot, take a shot at Brian Wood. I wasn't going to chance that. I didn't know where his table was, and he was only signing at certain hours. Uh, I didn't pick up any of his trades. I was, was going to try to get DMZ. I'll talk about the trades and the comics that I bought. Because I went very random. Uh, I went and talked to Terry Moore. I bought the, the, the latest two trades for Rachel Rising, which I have the first trade of. I'm psyched that I have them now because I've been putting off buying those trades. Uh, first, I was putting off buying the trades because I didn't have the money, and now that I had the money, I was just putting them off until the con so I could buy them and get them signed directly from him. I also, he also signed a Stranger's Paradise trade for me because uh, both me and my wife read all of Stranger's Paradise. I have the last half of the trade paperback collections. Uh, my friend Paul had loaned me uh, here and there over the years, the first eight or nine. So what my mission at this point will now back to go be, be to go back and buy numbers like nine through one, hopefully at a discount. Uh, he also signed a copy of Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane because I bought it for my wife because she was like, hey, I recognize that name or that drawing. 
Uh, he was very nice. Uh, you know, uh, why he didn't look like I expected. Some of these guys look like you totally expected. Like, half of the comics creators that I remember, uh, that I followed, all seem to have it sort of... Uh, balding guy with a 70s soft rock beard look to him. And, uh, and if you look at it, because one of the guys I was standing in line with were talking about that, like how they're all like bald guys with beards and uh, or, or, or goatees or facial hair. And, you know, and Terry Morris is this very unassuming guy. Again, some of these guys, they look like your uncle or your gym teacher or your science teacher or something. They don't look like... I don't know. I don't know what you'd expect the comic creator to look like. But he was very, very nice. Everybody I met was very nice. I talked to J.M. Nemateus very briefly. Uh, somebody asked him how to pronounce his name. He said Nemateus. He's Dematis. He prefers Nemateus. I said, oh, yeah, my name is Panarese. The correct pronunciation is Panarese. I asked him what part of his family is from Italy is. Uh, he got a chuckle out of my tired joke of, yeah, I, uh, you know, my, my family from Italy is, uh, we've traced it to Naples. And I said, I always just thought it was Brooklyn. And he got a chuckle out of that. Um, and Keith Giffen, Keith Giffen, uh, very briefly, I had him, I had DeMatteis sign my copy of uh, the first Justice League uh, International trade, A New Beginning, uh, which I've already had signed by Kevin McGuire, and I had Giffen and DeMatteis sign it, so I got like three signatures on that. I had Keith Giffen sign, also sign, uh, The Great Darkness Saga, and he just, he couldn't, he said that was just one that came together and everything was gelling, and I was like, yeah, I, I loved his work on the Legion of Superheroes, and I am not a Legion of Superheroes fan, but The Great Darkness Saga is, a, it's just a wonderful story, and Paul Levitson signed it last year, so I feel, that's one of those things where, like, you feel really cool about the fact you got, like, the collected signatures and what have you. Brett Breeding, I was hoping, I saw him very briefly, he was signing while we were standing in line for George Perez, and then he left, and I never saw him again, and I was going to have him sign the three Superman trades I brought last year and had signed, I was going to have him sign Panic in the Sky, I was going to have him sign Death is Superman, and World Without, and maybe some other time, you know, that's one more, I'm going to be collecting signatures on those for years to come, I think. Um, trying to think of who else. I talked to Rob Kelly. Uh, Rob Kelly, um, who I'm going to have on the show at some point later on. What a nice guy. Uh, it was kind of cool to meet another podcaster. He's the only one I've met, and hopefully I'll meet some of these guys. Uh, one day I'm going to come to New York Comic Con and meet up with like somebody like Paul Spataro or somebody. Maybe I'll meet Scott Gardner when I, um, if I ever go to Florida. Um... So I went and saw George Perez, and and you heard this, and you heard the audio. Hopefully, it came out okay. I was kind of fumbling around, and uh, you know, I didn't record the whole time I was standing there because I was standing because um, you know you, what happens is he gives you a ticket, they give you a ticket number, you can leave, and you come back and you ask what ticket number the person near the front of the line is, and you find the person you were in line with. And I found them, and I was very very psyched because then it was like number three or four or five people. Well, that three or four or five people was about twenty minutes because everybody was getting a sketch. The man couldn't have been more patient, more and and more nice, and to be honest, more captivating. I'm sitting; we're all standing there, and we're watching him draw. Uh, somebody got a death stroke that looked cool. Uh, the guy in front of me got a Robin, and he was between Robin and Giant Man. And he's like, and I said, I said, do get Robin. <laughs> he was like, all right, you got a Dick Grayson Robin. Uh, somebody had commissioned a Starfire, uh, which was uh, breathtaking. The guy picked up his commission. It was breathtaking. Uh, somebody got a Wonder Woman. And um, and 
then uh, then I uh, asked for, uh, and then he, he drew for one guy. The guy said, you know, was kind of, I'm going to go offbeat here. He said, I, could I have a Don Quixote? And we were like, okay, so we're watching him draw Don Quixote, and it was just fucking, I mean, you could tell that he, like, he, he heard that, and he was like, yes, and he ran with it. And he put some detail on this guy's face. It, it, absolutely gorgeous. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous drawing. Um, so I stepped up, and as you heard, I got, uh, who was Donna Troy signed? I mentioned the fact that I teach him in English. I think he, he was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'll have to hear back. It was just kind of an interesting, uh, was, I said, you know, he seemed... I don't think he seemed surprised, you know, um, you know, uh, but I told him, you know, being a teacher, it's one of those things where, I, in fact, I love that he brought the literature in, but, it, you know, I, I really like sharing that story, and I'm going to write a blog post about that sometime when I, when I work, uh, when I, uh, kind of restart red, red lines and highlights. Uh, he signed my crisis trade with my crisis hardcover, sorry, the, the 1998 crisis hardcover edition, which, uh, I've had for years. I could have picked up for five bucks a signed copy of Crisis Number One for the uh, Hero Initiative thing. I I didn't because again I, I'm you know like I said I don't have my individual issues of Crisis. I, I sold them years ago, but we were uh, we we're joking about um, you know and stuff and and, um, and you know what the, the the fact that I met him and I had him sign Crisis and I said you know I, I got into comics with Crisis. Uh, it meant a lot to me to tell him that, and, and you know, I'm gushing like a little fanboy here, but you know, it did, it did mean a lot. Uh, and you know, I wanted to get my wife a Wonder Woman, and if I'm not, if there, there are three people at the moment who I think can draw Wonder Woman, I would get a sketch from. One of them is Cliff Chang, who was not there. He's drawing Wonder Woman at the moment, and if you have not been reading the Brian Azzarello Cliff Chang Wonder Woman. Read it. Uh, Azzarello's stories, I know there's some controversy because of how he kind of retconned her origin a little bit. He changed her origin around a little bit. And he changed the kind of purpose of the Amazons a little bit. And it did annoy quite a number of female fans especially. Uh, but I will say this. Cliff Chang's art's worth the price of admission alone. Uh, in fact, the issues that he doesn't do, I read, but I don't read as intensely. It just brings so much to it. The only other two people who I would have ever gotten a Wonder Woman sketchbook from would be uh, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, praise be his name, and uh, George Perez. And I just was like, you know what? I'm getting Amanda a George Perez Wonder Woman sketch. And he said, to Amanda, best George Perez. And I'm just like, I'm, hopefully she'll like really, really like it because it was really cool. And, and I was just like, oh, this is so awesome. Uh, so after that, um, I was kind of done with my, with my signing. My bag got heavy. Uh, I went shopping. I went down Artist Alley. <coughs> I, I bought uh, one copy of a comic book off of a 15-year-old girl who's a student at Fairfax, in Fairfax County, Virginia. Uh, she's a high school sophomore. Uh, I flipped the comic and I said, you know what, I'm going to buy this. Because here's a 15-year-old girl. Her dad was there with her. You know, he gave me change for my five. We were like two bucks a piece. I had her sign the comic because I was like, you know, I don't... You know, like, I don't know who you are, but at the same time, 
that that's I have students who love to draw and I have students who love to write and I'm, a, I'm an English teacher but um, it was really cool to see a 15 year old girl selling her comics at a comic convention I just like yes I'm gonna support you so so uh, that was pretty awesome uh, kind of wander down artist Sally well I, I like wandering down artist Sally I I know I seem a lot very discerning when it comes to my wanderings down Artist Alley, mainly because there's a lot of just stuff that I'm not that into. You know, there's a lot of uh, I'm not approved by any means, but it's just sort of like I'm not really into the you know. Here's the latest Warno type of thing and what have you. Uh, I almost bought a couple of issues of a, a very interesting. Uh, Comic that looked like a very interesting comic. Uh, it was by a company called Homeless Comics. It was like where all disease is cured. It was like a science fiction thing. And everybody wakes up and everything's cured. And I I, 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 I took a pass. I grabbed the I grabbed the card and maybe I'll pick it up down the road sometime. But I took a pass on it because I, I wanted to walk around a little bit more. And then I never came back. Which you know I got uh, Richard Rowan's uh, information from Graphic Audio. Um, which uh, Mike Bailey had wanted, so I will I will dig that out when I get the chance. Uh, which is which is awesome. So I got his uh, direct email. I got his a his um, his I got his business card. I got his direct email. So I'm gonna scan those with Bailey. Uh, I went shopping. That was the thing I did after signatures. I I had originally planned to cover the DC New 52 panel. And it was funny, just as I was standing in line for Baltazar and Franco, Dan DiDio walked by, but he was with his family, so I couldn't stop him. I didn't get any of the book that I have signed. And maybe next year I'll go back and do that. And, uh, um, uh, yeah, I, I would have maybe said something, hey, Mr. DiDio, you know, I know you're busy, but do you have a moment to sign um, this book that I have? But he was with, like, his wife and kids and stuff or whoever, so I was like, I'm not going to bother him. Uh totally looked exactly like, you know, I've seen a picture of him, but just totally the, the, um, the, the stature, the voice, and from what I've seen her, it's just like, yep, it's very much what you usually see. Um, so I went, so I went shopping, uh, last year I had made, uh, made out like bananas on the trains, uh, and this year, not so much. I found myself, I was like, first of all, I was like, where the hell did my money go? And then I realized, oh, I, you know, given a little bit of money here, I bought some trades here, I bought some issues here, and I bought some new stuff that I had read here, too. Um, I had intended going, and I had a shopping list, and, uh, and I had intended going in to pick up some new stuff that I was not used to reading. One of them, uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye series, as well as my friend Josh had recommended Mike Howard's, uh, the, the new FF series. I've been meaning to pick up Hawkeye, and I haven't. And I think what I'm going to do is just go to my LCS on Wednesday and uh, pick up a random issue and see if I like it. Because I wanted to grab a trade. I was like, well, I'm going to get Hawkeye, I'm going to get a trade. But the thing about buying trades at the comic show, unless I'm buying it directly from the person who made it, like buying it from Terry Moore. I'm not going to pay full price. So uh, I went looking and the discount trade 
were few and far between this year. Last year, I found like two or three really good booths with just a shit ton of trades, and I picked up Invasion, I picked up the Encyclopedia of Comic Book Heroes, I picked up the Teen Titans Showcase, I picked up uh, some other stuff. I couldn't find, I found like two or three Superman showcases that I wasn't really interested in. I couldn't find a single damn showcase. I'm still, believe it or not, I wanted to get the second Teen Titans Showcase, I wanted to get the Batgirl Showcase, and I wanted... Believe it or not, I wanted to get the Amethyst Princess of Gem World showcase. I've always wanted to read that series. It's in a showcase format. I'm going to see if it, if I could find it in my comic shop for uh, in the discount bin because they do a discount trade bin. And if I can't find it there, I'm going to go to um, in stock trades. But I wanted the Hawkeye trade, and I was like, well, all right, let me see if I can find it. Could not. The only Hawkeye trades I found were full price. And I'm like, I'm not playing. I'm not paying full price at a show. This is me being cheap. I'm not paying full price at a show when I could go to uh, in-stock trades or something or Amazon and get it at a half price or a discount. So, no Hawkeye. But like I said, I'll pick up an issue. I'll see if I like it. If I like it, I'll put it on my poll list and I'll just go ahead and, and gather up what I haven't already gotten. Newer stuff that I did pick up in trade uh, that was, you know, DC and what have you. Uh, I finally bought Blackest Night. I found it at a half-off trade bin. I was like, I got to do that. And I bought one that I had put on my list because since I have been reading Batwoman since the beginning, uh, but never read the Rucka Williams stuff, I picked up Batwoman Elegy, which uh, once I picked it up, the person standing there, a woman standing next to me was like, you're going to love that. I said, yeah, I've, you know, I've been... I've been reading the Batwoman since the New 52 started, and I was very upset. I was, I was not happy with the news that Williams and Blackman are leaving uh, the title. And if the if the thing is true, to be honest, I'm annoyed at what DC Editorial was pulling. I really like the direction of that series. I really like the fact that they had this character who, you know, you felt that her... I always felt that Batwoman's sexual orientation was not a gimmick. It was actually a really strong part of her character. And the, the, from what I've read in that, at least in that series, the development of her character and her relationship with Maggie Sawyer seems organic. And the fact that she asked Maggie to marry her, and now we're not going to feature a wedding. We're not going to, it's like no wedding for Batwoman, and you know we're not going to do this, and what have you. I don't know, it's disappointing. I would have liked to see it. I mean, Marvel did it with North Star and, and, and his uh, his guys, so like, you know, it's not like it's unprecedented or something. So go ahead, you know, let him let him tell his story. Um, so I don't know how long I'm going to stay on Batwoman, to be honest with you. I may, I may or may not uh, keep going with it, and it, it may, it may end its, uh, I may end up, Drop the book with. Uh, I may drop the book with with the last with twenty six, which is going to be fraction. With this is going to be Williams Blackman's last issue. Um, but Batwoman, and then so what I did was uh, one of my favorite booths there that was there last year, and I came to this year is a Dollar Comics booth, which. Then uh, there are a lot of dollar comics. There, I found a, I've had a 50, I found a fifty cent booth, which I got some stuff. I got some. I got like one issue of the Aquaman mini from '86 that um, I'm gonna search my LCS and just search for individual issues on eBay because it's only uh, what four bucks. Um, <coughs> I got. Uh, 
I picked up some stuff uh, and I got some of damage because I'm going to go back and, and, and grab that and read re re that series. But uh, most of the dollar comic booths are hard to, are either, either too many modern comics, which I have no interest in, or they are simply uh, just really disorganized. So you have like Eric's Son of Thunder next to an issue of Doctor Strange next to an issue right before an issue of The Flash, you know, and I'm like, I've been walking around this convention hall. I've been, I've been there since 7.30 in the morning. I've been walking around this convention hall since we got there at 10. I've been chomping on snacks because I didn't didn't buy lunch, um, you know, and, and kind of have a dull headache as a result, but I've been eating snacks since I since I left. I chopped a Luna bar, and I have some goldfish, and I, you know, I eat some Ritz crackers and stuff, and I'm going to stop at Krispy Kreme on my way home because to get some coffee. Because um, <coughs> I haven't had some, ca I haven't had any caffeine today. But, uh, you know, I went, uh, you know, as soon as I can get through this traffic. Uh, but I went through all the stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to spend the time going through this shit. So I decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to go back and, and I found, I'm going to see if I can find one that's decent. I found that one, that one, and I'm like, all right, well, let me see. Two or the three of the boots, I'm on an eternal quest for issues 82 and 84 of the NOM. They're the only two issues of the series that I need. One booth with Dollar Comics that was pretty well organized stopped at 79. It was I was it was a bummer. I was like, shit, man. The other one, the the other one stopped at about 77. So no dice on the nom. Second year in a row I was shut out. But this one booth, I picked up uh, some of the remaining issues I need of the Cyborg miniseries. Uh, I picked up <coughs> some issues of damage. Um, some other random stuff. I got, I went, I've been listening to, I, since I've been talking to Rob Kelly and I've been listening to Who's Who, the definitive podcast of the DC Universe, I have been like, I'm going to get DC Who's Who. Now, I sold most of my Who's Who, with the exception of the binder editions, which I have in the binders, because uh, I got the binders off of eBay. I sold the uh, the definitive directory and then the update issues I had. Well, I went to the dollar comic thing. I found the W's. I dug in a little deep. I found, and I was like, oh, there was just a trove of who's who. So it's like, all right, what do I want to do? I think I did, and, and I'm, and I'm going to pat myself back here. I think I did the smart thing. I started from the end and started working my way up. So I bought two issues of Who's Who in Star Trek. I bought the entire, I want to say I got the entire Update 87 and Update 88. And then I got the last third of the Definitive Directory series, starting from 26 and working my way back to about issue 13, give or take. And now I'm just going to go to my local comic store, fill in the blanks there, and then just kind of track the rest of them down on eBay. Because, you know what? I know I had them and I'm rebuying comics I had sold, but I, I'm like, you know, with like Mike and Shag and them, I love them. And the guy, the guy, I love these things. I used to read them and pour over them and, and really, really enjoy the entries and what have you. And if I'm going to be, and if I'm going to listen to the podcast, I'll actually follow along now. So I'm really, really psyched. Uh, I will tell you that um, I, the guy was like, the guy I bought it, he's like, ooh, who's who? I was like, yeah, he said, you know, 
at, crisis happened as who who, who was happening. I was like, yeah, I knew that. And I said, you know, then half the stuff was ret- retconned by the end. He's like, yeah, they also used to refer to it as who's left, which is cheeky and everything. Uh, the other thing I got, which I'm really psyched about, but I still have to buy one more issue up because they didn't have issue two for some reason. DC Challenge. Yeah, I just got a bug up my ass the other day. I wanted like I was like, I wanna get I wanna read DC Challenge. In fact, I think I I think I actually shot Mike Bailey a message and said we should do this. And he's like, Yeah, that'd be fun. I said, so let me I gotta get the issues. So I got one and then three through twelve. Number two wasn't in the bin at this dollar comic place. Um, I'll find it. I'll go on eBay and I will get it tonight. And I will, I will get it sent to me. That maybe that's the one eBay purchase I'm going to make because it's a completed series, and I'll be fine. Um, or maybe I'll do it next week. So, lots of back issues, and I think I'm gonna. That'll be my strategy from now on with the back issues. Oh, that was the other thing I got: Tales of the Teen Titans reprints issues. Uh, some of the ones I fill in some missing holes here. So. Because the trade market was was dead, and the guy was one guy was telling me he said, "Well, with Borders going out last out of business last year, they were kind of selling off their warehouse, so a lot of people were picking these things up, and then they could sell them at a discount, what have you." Now, not so much, and I can say, "Oh yeah, um, I'm cracking up at like uh, some of the things I did see on sale in terms of trades, some '90s stuff, a lot of Green Lantern stuff, a lot of obvious overorders of Walking Dead trades." Uh, Things like that, so uh, it was kind of cool. This, you know, it was kind of interesting to see what is being offered in trade bins and stuff that I have no interest in. Indie stuff, uh, which played the darkness and what have you. I'm like, I have no interest in this shit. I didn't buy anything necessarily collectible. I had my hands. I'm looking for a new lanyard for work, uh, but I'm, I'm being. I'm being fussy. Uh, the lanyard that I have, uh, the Velcro keeps falling off because it's, it's got a Velcro thing that's been bugging me. So I want to replace it. But my lanyard has a clip where you kind of unclip the keys from the lanyard and you can, then I can take it without having to take the lanyard off. And that's why I like the thing. I don't have to take my lanyard off when I open my classroom up and what have you. Um, Although the only one that I could find was a Wonder Woman one. And as much as I do enjoy Wonder Woman, I wanted like a Batman one. Uh, and I couldn't find that. Uh, I did venture into the Tower of T-shirts just to see what was in there, just to see their prices. Twenty-five bucks for a T-shirt. Because uh, I, I was like, for for a moment, I'm like, I'm buying it. I'm, I'm, for a moment, I'm looking around and I'm seeing like, okay, that a Target. I've seen that a Target. I've seen that a Target. I've seen that a Target. And uh, even the guy next to me was like. Man, I can have these shirts at Target. I was like, yeah. But um, there was a Tim Drake Robin logo one. And I was like, ooh, 25 bucks. Sorry, I'm going to pass on that. I know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm being cheap. I said, I turned to the guy and said, I know I'm being cheap, but I'm not paying $25 for a t-shirt. And at that point, I was, you know, I was either t-shirt and comics. And I'm like, I can order a fucking t-shirt. Uh... The other thing, some things with like collectibles, like um, there were uh, maybe one day if I if I ever come across this and I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll actually get it. But one of the things I did see that I that I thought was pretty cool was a pint glasses. Now I have a set of pint glasses that are the uh, Green Lantern, Flash, Batman, and Superman logos, and I saw a Wonder Woman one. I was like, Wonder Woman. Now my wife has a Wonder Woman drinking cup, so it's not like. Um, I said, and I saw a new Teen Titans one. 
uh, with a uh, with the Wolfman Paris number one cover. Ten dollars though, ten dollars for a glass, and like it didn't come with any beer in it. So I think I passed on that, or I was going to come back, and I never came back. And I'm not missing it again. This is stuff I can order online uh, if I want to. I might see it elsewhere for for you know a better price. Ooh, grooved pavement construction on the Beltway. All right, so uh, that is it for now. I'm going to close up. I'm going to listen to some podcasts, and I'll take some pictures when I get home tomorrow, and I'll post some stuff to Facebook. So that was geeking out for the summer, Uh, although things didn't end there uh, this past Saturday, which was September 14th, 2013. I went to another con of another con of sorts, a microbrew festival. Uh, Top of the Hops, it's held in the downtown mall uh, pavilion at the end of the downtown mall in Charlottesville, uh, where I live. And my sister and my brother-in-law, they came down for the weekend, and we all got tickets. And it's one of those things where you go, like, you get this little mug, and you go from booth booth to booth, and brewers uh, give you this sort of two-ounce sample of beer. And you got to watch yourself, because you can get drunk pretty quickly, But uh, because especially if you're almost like shooting the beer, but you're not supposed to shoot the beer, you're supposed to taste the beer, because it's like craft beer and all that shit. Uh, I had a great time, though, and I, and it was not because I got to drink a fair amount of really, really good beer. Um, we went to lunch uh, because we, well, we, we had good food because we went to this lunch at this local place called The Whiskey Jar. I uh, got amazing, these amazing pork sandwiches. And then afterwards, we went and got Thai food, which is great with beer, by the way. So we ate well, and I love eating well. And then my wife and I kicked their asses in Trivia Pursuit all night. And uh, But I, the other reason I loved it is that I got out of it was this sort of funny, like... Microbrews are cool. They're hip, and uh, they're they're trendy nowadays. And but the people who like them, you know, you see kind of. It was kind of funny that you see kind of two different types of people with these things. There really are geeks about microbrews, and then there are the kind of you, you do attract this sort of douchey dipshit element. And I'll talk that about that in a minute. But it's one of those things where like we've finally gone beyond that sort of mentality that we all had to face in high school as, as guys who read comics, what have you, that you were reading comics. It was a geeky thing to do. I mean, it's still a geeky thing to do, but we own it and we're able to, you know, gives a shit. Like, why are you care about it? And I think the only people who really care about that, even even when I see teenagers on a regular basis, the only people who really want to make fun of other people for reading comics are like the people whose lives will never get beyond that Friday night. You know, I mean, if you know what I mean. Granted, you know, um, this particular compulsion for uh, to be involved with something that you have with like craft beer people and microbrewing uh, come can lead to alcoholism. But uh, but you know, I could appreciate this. Uh, I have a friend who who does a lot of home brewing. He was just saying uh, I was emailing him about this microbrew festival today, and I was saying he was saying, yeah, I just brewed some pumpkin ale, and I've got to bottle it and. <laughs> he's like, I hate bottling, and I'm so lazy now. I gotta do it at night. I should should have done it over the weekend. I'm like, I'm sorry, but we were talking about this sort of festivals, and um, he's been to a couple, and he says, yeah, you 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 get the half of the guys who like these sort of connoisseurs, you know, the 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 guys who you know look like you or me walking around t-shirt and jeans and drinking it and actually paying attention to what notes it has. And I just wanted to, you know, like I know what I like, like, and just wanted to sample different beers, and and they give you this little program and. And I can go out and and go to uh, the local one of the local beer distributors and see what they have because it was the place that sponsored the Top of the Hops Festival. Uh, especially since I found out that particular place is 
sells Blue Point Brewing Company beer. And I'm from Saville, New York, and Blue Point's two towns over. And uh, when I go up for Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm probably going to go uh, to the brewery and do a tasting room thing and what have you. But I'll, I'll be pretty psyched about that. Uh, but the funny thing is, is that half of the guys there... Now, granted, this UVA is near is in Charlottesville, so you're going to attract these people anyway, but they're the type of douchebags who you'd see like in an 80s movie. No, really, I mean, like you're walking around and um, a, a, wayfarers are back in style, and what's kind of cool about that is that it makes spotting tools like that so much easier because like, you know, here I'm going to wear my, my navy poly and polo and my pink shorts and my sandals and my wayfarers like, yeah, it's like Andrew McCarthy and James Spader are going to play you in a movie one day, right? You know, and they're and they're annoying as shit because they're the type who like they'll get their beer and they'll either be obnoxious about it or they'll just kind of stand and converse like right when they're in your way and you're just standing like oh, not that people at comic conventions don't do that. There are people who just kind of stand and gawk when you're trying to get at a back issue bin or they place all their shit on top of the bin. And you're like, can I get in here? But then again, I'm the one who hurt his neck because I should have. What I should have done was go out to my car, drop a bunch of stuff off, and come back and gone shopping. Because I wasn't on a timetable this year. But again, you learn a lesson every year. Anyway, as insane as my schedule tends to get, um, work is crazy, especially around this time of year. Uh, my son is a first grade student, you know, and you know, to being in school, and you know, his friends and doing birthday parties and all the other stuff that we have to do and he plays soccer and then um uh you know my wife uh, had surgery and, and was in the hospital and well when i won't get into the details when she went back in the hospital i kind of had a post-surgery scare and, and it's doing fine now uh but and i don't want to get too much in detail in that but as insane as it all gets even with podcasting i've been pretty glad that I have the chance to do this. And yeah, I'm finishing up nice and positive. Uh, but, you know, doing this podcast has been a complete blast. And doing podcasting in general has been a complete blast. And and uh, even when I burned out, I burned out a little bit toward the end of the summer there on it because I was just doing a lot at once. Um, it's kind of nice to I can take a break from it for a little bit and then kind of come back because I'm on a hiatus with taking flight. And in countries, there's, there's like 10 episodes of in country that are in the can right now. Uh, but this going to ball, I would look forward to the comic con every year and, uh, now, and I cannot wait to see what next year brings with the future holds and, and everything from, from comics to movies, to books, to, to just about everything. Um, as far as the future of this podcast, uh, next time, if all things work as intended, I'm actually going to have Rob Kelly on the podcast for an extended conversation about his new book, Hey Kids Comics. And actually, that'll be... I had intended to go monthly, but I'm going to actually... I'll have that up on uh, probably within a couple of weeks. We're recording a few days from now, or at least we're scheduled to record a few days from now. And then uh, going into October, I'm going to get myself... We're going to get on a two-week to once-a-month schedule, depending on when I can find the time to record... Um, I've got some stuff on um, music planned. I've got some movie stuff planned. And then we were going to get into the holidays and what have you and, and finish out the year. So I won't say exactly what what I have just yet. But uh, stick around. I promise it'll be, it'll be worth your while. So until next time, check out show notes and what have you on the blog. 
Uh, go to the Facebook group. Like us and like me on Facebook. It's Pop Culture Affidavit. And uh, I will have pictures from Baltimore Comic Con up there as well as other posts, links to things that um, I saw there and anything else that's relevant to what I was talking about. And uh, I am planning on writing some other posts. I haven't written some real essays lately. I do plan to eventually get around to writing some. I do have some topics in mind. It's just finding the time to do some of this shit, especially during the first month of the school year. But for now, thank you again for listening. Have a good night, and I will talk to you next time. You have reached the end of another episode of Pop Culture Affidavit. All music, clips, or other material used in this podcast are the property of their respective copyright holders. And as this podcast is intended for entertainment and I make no money off of it, no infringement is intended. Clips, pictures, and show notes can be found at Pop Culture Affidavit, a blog where each week I take a look at a random thing in the world of popular culture and give my opinion as well as personal experience and memories I have with it, which is located at popcultureaffidavit.com. Feedback and other comments about this podcast can be sent by email to popcultureaffidavit at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and come back next time for some more pop culture randomness. Yeah.